They pop crowd. They pop corn. They pop culture. It's the lowdown. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the latest installment of the Lowdown Popcast. I am the voice of PCW and the voice of Demons Football, Elliot Popston. Elliot Poston, to be honest, but I'm excited about what we have going on tonight. Joining me on this 51st episode of the Lowdown Popcast is... MMA and professional wrestling announcer, on-field host for the Daytona Tortugas, on-court host for the men's and women's basketball teams at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. He is the first announcer ever to provide on-stage introductions for the Coke Zero 400 at Daytona International Speedway, potassium enthusiast and master of ceremonies dubbed the banana announcer, arguably the best baseball lineup introductions for any team. He says to lend him your voices, but tonight I'm asking we lend him our ears and take a moment to learn from the young professor, Matt Grafer. You've done this before. You're uh, you're quite the introduction artist yourself, sir. Hey, well, I appreciate it, man. I'll I'll take I'll take those uh, <laughs> accolades for sure. Hey, man, welcome to the show. First and foremost, uh, dude. Good to be here. Good to join everyone from inside the illustrious wardrobe of the young professor. The thing I probably get more questions about than than anything else in my life. Here we are. People get to see it live, large, and in charge. Man, I'm telling you, it's, uh, dude, it's, it, you have some of the most awesome suits that uh, I I see. I'm like, man, the thing looks so good. I couldn't even fit (laughs) in it, but man, it looks good. They make all kinds of sizes, man. You'd be surprised. You know, it's, uh, you know, you just got to keep an eye out. Well, now, now, you know, thanks to, you know, the algorithms in Amazon and everything else, I, they, I just get solicited this stuff all the time. So it's it's always in my face. I always know when there's something cool and good out there because I'll get notifications and pushes and, you know, I've got that FOMO going on. So I go, ooh, that might look good. I, might need, to, I might need to grab me a new one. And it's, <laughs> uh, it's turned into a bit of a problem. But you know what? Got to look good out there. That's that's the moral of the story. So how how many of these uh, suits and stuff do you have? Uh, and now I'm I'm gonna say suits uh, because I know you're the uh, on field guy for the Tortugas. Um, well, I was or was uh, not anymore. I, I did I did it for two years and and I wasn't sure if I was going back this year, uh, but just the the amount of travel I'm doing with the Savannah Bananas right now, it just it just prevents it. I, maybe I could do a day or two here and there, but. Yeah. Man, I got to rest. I got to get some time with the family too in there too. So, uh, I, I my time with the Tortugas for for now and the foreseeable future has come to an end. But uh, but still, the the closet is full of all of those suits. So, how many would you say you got? Probably somewhere around double nickel, fifty five, maybe a little more, uh, closer to sixty, maybe at this point, which is a stupid number. It's obnoxious. <laughs> I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say that. It's, there's no reason for that at all. Even considering what I do, there's no reason for that. Oh, but here we are. Well, actually, when I was with the Tortugas, and I, and I did this with Embry Riddle as well, uh, I would not repeat the same outfit in the same season. Uh, 
and uh, you see behind me, these are all my, my shirts and I, and I wear a lot of like crazy colorful button down shirts. I do the same thing in the classroom, the day job, do not repeat the same outfit twice in the same school year. So standard with which I I conduct my business now. And so thus, you know, you need to build a a pretty deep and generous rotation of things. If you're going to go, go that route, but with the bananas, I largely the same thing all the time. Although I I do spice it up occasionally. I'm I'm actually excited. I'm going to do some spicing it up this weekend. It's 4th of July weekend. So I got some, uh, some cool stuff. I'm going to roll out uh, in Akron, Ohio on Sunday and Monday. Okay. So, uh, so with the, uh, with the banana ball, uh, cre- not correct move. I want to call it a movement, man. It's it's ridiculous. That's That's fair. <laughs> it's ridiculous how awesome, um, how how much it's blown up. And you know, I'm a guy who di- I despise baseball. I've just never been a fan. Okay, right? but <laughs> right, I see fair. I, I see banana ball. Like that. Sure, I see banana ball. I'm like, oh man, I could watch this. You know, so, so well, that's because you're a sports entertainment guy, you know, as, well, as a pro yeah. wrestling guy, you're a sports entertainment guy. And, and honestly, that's, that's what I would consider us to be. We are a brand of sports entertainment, um, maybe a little more on the sports, but also a little more on the entertainment side. It, it's and professional wrestling refers to itself as, as sports entertainment. And I think that's what we are too, because we are sports, but we have a huge focus on entertainment. And so that, pulls in people like yourself that, that do not necessarily have that affinity for baseball. Baseball is slow. Baseball is uh, methodical. It's meticulous. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. It can be fun. I've always enjoyed baseball myself, but I understand why people don't, especially in today's day and age where you've got the most fun, most amazing things always at your fingertips and it's fast and it's colorful and it's flashy. And baseball is not that game just by its very nature. So for us to be out there doing what we're doing, we have added all the flashy, uh, and colorful things back into base. And we've removed all the things that we think are boring about baseball. So we've stripped out the bad, we've added more good. And what you have is, is what we're doing this movement, as you refer to it with the Savannah bananas. So, so take us, take us through your journey, right? I, 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 I could camp on the Savannah bananas, but I don't want to, cause I, I want to, I want to camp on Matt Grafer, the young professor. That's who I want to camp on. So, so tell us your story, man. Well, where do you want to start? I mean, because there's there's a number of points we could jump on from that, that all. I mean, the way I look at, at everything, I mean, a lot of things in my life have have led to this culmination of it, and it's it's not just one thing. It really is a a massive series of things that that I can trace comfortably back to high school. Um, and even then, that's a weird thing because I, I was not an athlete in high school. I didn't participate in sports, and yet. I did something at the time with my voice that I didn't know it then, but it has led me to, to what I do now. But even then it was still another 14 years, uh, 15 years before I started using that in anything that, that has become what the young professor is and, and led to these other things. So you tell me where you'd like to jump on, uh, on the journey and, and we can talk from there. Well, let's, uh, you know, you, you were telling me a story earlier. Um, you know, cause sure. I, cause I, I see how, how I think you did you and your wife recently had an anniversary, correct? Uh, it, it wasn't our anniversary per se. I mean, we, our anniversary is in April, but we were in Las Vegas for the bananas. Like they, we traveled together. We, we don't normally get to do that. So the two of us went and while we were there, we, uh, we were thinking of all the things that you can do in Vegas that you could. 
over the top. And, you know, we went to, we went to Hell's Kitchen. She's a huge fan of Hell's Kitchen and Gordon Ramsay. So she wanted to do that. You know, we wanted to look at the casino. We're not gamblers, but we wanted to check all that out. But, um, we, we were like, you know what? Uh, Elvis marries people. That's fun. And so uh, we're already married, but we did a vow renewal. So it was a little past our anniversary, but I thought it was significant because, you know, when my wife and I met a little over 10 years ago, we were both single parents um, that were dealing with a lot. You know, she was reeling from a pending divorce and I was never married to my son's mom. And so I was kind of dealing with a custody battle at the time. And we were both, you know, sharing some experiences in that regard. And we were just two very ordinary people. She was a teacher. I was a college professor and I didn't do anything in entertainment. You know, I wasn't on the road on the weekend. I wasn't, um, I was just mad, you know, I was, I was, I was kind of a different guy almost. And I, I would kind of jokingly say to her, I'm like, you know, you're a really good sport about all this. Cause you did not sign up for this. It's not like she, she met me as this journey in entertainment and sports and, and all that started like, and, and knew like, Oh, well, he's going to be gone a lot. She, she didn't know that I was just some dude that was home. And you know, this was a way for now uh, going forward. She can no longer say I didn't sign up for this because uh, it was very much a a wedding celebration that was a lot more like our lives are today as opposed to how our lives were when we actually got married, you know, several years ago. So now there's no excuses. Now she has signed <laughs> up for, for the young professor and all the madness and craziness that goes along with it. <laughs> Remember that time in Vegas? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> Now this one's coming home with everybody's going to know about it. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, tell us, tell us what it's like to have that support system. Um, I'm, I'm a married man myself, got some kids, also. Um, but yeah, you know, walk us, walk us through what it's like. You know, balancing, having to do the balancing that you know, with the, the travel schedule now with the Savannah Bananas and uh, being a teacher as well and everything else. Uh, yeah, walk us through that, man. What's uh, what's it like? Um, well, it, that's a question I'm getting a lot lately, and um, I don't know. It, it's uh, it, it's hard. It's very hard, and I think anyone that does any any version of it will tell you it's hard. You miss things. Um, you know, you're gonna miss important, and that's that's still kind of new to me too. You know, my my daughter. She's her, uh, her ninth birthday is coming up and I'm going to miss it. I'll be gone. I will be in, uh, Durham, North Carolina that weekend. And so I'm going to miss that. I missed my son's birthday this past year. I, I'm, I'm missing my other daughter's birthday. Like I, I'm starting to miss things. I'm starting to kind of, you know, have those experiences that, that a lot of people that are in entertainment that they talk about that that's just part of it. And, um, you know, that's something that, that everybody's still kind of adjusting to, Largely everybody is supportive, but, but it, it, it's definitely tough. I, I will say that, you know, I, I like to tell people that, you know, I, I just try to be the best version of me wherever I am. And I do, but I, I don't, I don't always get that right. You know what I mean? It's uh, in this world and kind of building, building myself, building my brand as, as the young professor and kind of getting to the point where I can get recognized so that I can have a chance to do the things that I do now that requires a lot of attention to social media, like constantly all day, you know, just like taking advantage of opportunities or replying to messages or sending emails or sending out, you know, message contacts or putting out content, putting out videos and marketing materials. And, oh, there's a sale going on where I host my shirts. And so even when I'm home, you know, as much as I'd like to say I'm, I'm attentive and, and all there, 
that's really not true either. And, it, and it's hard. And it's still something I'm, I'm learning a lot about because I, I want to be the best version of me everywhere I can be. And I think, I think that intention is clear to everybody. Uh, but it's still, it's still a struggle. I mean, fortunately, I can say that having kind of been walking this road for the last five years, uh, you know, the entertainment journey begins a little before that. But in sports, particularly with wrestling, I started a little over five years ago. And so that's when my weekends started to become a little more booked and I wasn't around as much. They've kind of learned what this looks like and how this, you know, the things, the nice things that we are afforded in life at this point, mm-hmm. which we're not, you know, well off or anything like that. But my, my wife and my kids, very, very cool, amazing experiences that most people don't get. And I think they're finally kind of understanding and realizing that that is a result of all the labor that I do put in both when I'm here and when I'm not here. So they're supportive, um, but it's hard for them sometimes. And and it's hard for me sometimes. And, And that's just being very, very honest about it. So what's, what's some things that you do to kind of, um, you know, for lack of a better word, hold, hold it together. Uh, you know, missing uh, missing the fam and all that. What's some things that you do to maybe ease anxiety or uh, maybe help with your mental health? Or I don't think I really struggle with any of that part of it. Um, I kind of thrive on the chaos of, of having a lot to do. Yeah. In fact, when I don't have much to do is where I kind of really start getting in my head and getting in my own feelings because I feel strange. I feel odd. I mean, uh, yesterday, Monday, you know, I, I didn't have any, I got back on Sunday. I got home at like three o'clock. Uh, I spent the day w- with my wife largely. And then yesterday my, my, my son came over from his mom's. And so everybody was here, but uh, we, we rested a lot, we kind of slept because it's summertime. We don't have school and, and Lord knows I never get enough sleep. Um, <laughs> but I can't help but feel like I'm useless. You know, if I lay around, I feel like part of me is that begrudges you for when you have a day to just take a day. But man, I felt like a piece of garbage. I was like, man, I'm not doing enough. I think, you know, I want to edit my book. I have other things, you know, I need to work on merch designs. I need to kind of fill out, lend out some of these contacts. I should probably do some more laundry because I got to pack in two days. So I'm never, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I get very content when there's downtime. So when, yeah. when there's uptime, that's when I feel more myself because an object in motion stays in motion kind of thing. And so really, you know, one of the things that we do and, and that's been is we try to do stuff and we try to go places and do things. And, and you know, sometimes those are you know kind of cooler, bigger trips, but sometimes it's just, Hey, there's this free event that's going on in like 45 minutes away. Let's take a ride. Let's go. And we've always been that family. Even before I was in entertainment, we were, we were always going to festivals and, and this, that, and the other to just experience before I did wrestling, you know, NXT does their loop here in Florida and they used to do more, more tickets used to be $10. They were cheaper than going to an indie show and you'd go see, we were going to see Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and, you know, all the guys that are on TV and the champs that are there now, we're going to watch them every week, you know, 50 bucks, we could all get in 60 bucks. We could all get in. And, um, we would do a lot of that. And so, you know, for us, we try to just do as much as we can. And my wife and I are both believers that we want our children to have experiences. Uh, neither of us really have much of that that we did when we were growing up, you know, neither of us come from families with any means. Um, and really also families that really had much desire to do anything outside of that house. I spent a lot of time at home where I spent a lot of friends, whereas the kids don't really hang out with friends all that much, but 
man, we go. And my kids have been to hundreds and hundreds of events. Uh, they've met tons of cool people. They've done amazing things. They've gone to so many states and seen the sights and sounds and museums. And those are experiences that my wife and I value. And so that's what we try to do. And so even sometimes I'll get off the road and I've been going and going and I just get a few hours and we get up and drive and go where we're going. And it's tough for me sometimes, but, but I do enjoy that because I think that's where we have the most fun. Um, you asked, I was read, I read your, uh, some of your bio earlier today and saw that you mentioned was eight years ago. Um, but, but the entertainment started before that you actually started according to your, uh, your page, uh, doing trivia as a trivia host. Yep. That's where it all began as far as entertainment goes. Yeah. So, uh, what, uh, what got you into into the trip? Is that just something? Have you always been interested in trivia? Is that something that you've always kind of kind of been interested in, or what took you down that road? I don't know. When I when I was a kid, um, I, I always used to kind of pride myself on all the random knowledge that I had. You know, I could always I always had like a song for something, or I always had a movie quote or a reference, or I could something historical and and. In your own social circles, you're like, oh, I've got all this useless knowledge, right? Like people say that as just a common colloquial term that they'll use, uh, useless knowledge. Well, when you go to trivia, it's not useless. It's True. useful because that's, that's it's trivial stuff that you need to know in order for points and all that. And so like when I was in college, I used to play trivia. And when I first moved to Florida, I used to go out to plenty of trivia nights. That was kind of my thing that I like to do. Um, buddy of mine, I grew in New Jersey. He happened to live here in Florida. And so we would go out a lot and we would go to trivia nights and actually we were pretty good and we'd win sometimes. So that would pay for our, our beers and our, and our dinners a couple times a week. So that was nice. And that was at that time, I had actually explored the idea of hosting trivia. I had, I had taught spin classes in college before and thought I could do a better job a lot of the hosts that I was watching. Uh, and so that was an interest of mine. And then life changed very dramatically. I was with my son's mother and she was pregnant and I just had to kind of read my life. So that went away. But eight years ago, I was a college professor and I got let go from my job because they got rid of my program. So they eliminated the program I was teaching. And so I got eliminated with it. So I took another job that was a sales job was terrible. I didn't enjoy that at all because that's just not, I don't like calling people on the phone all day and, no, hey, can I interest I, you in this? I can re- I can relate. It's a nightmare. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't feel like I was using my brain, my body, my skills, none of it. And so I, I needed extra money too. I, I had four kids. I had a baby at home. I, my daughter was less than a year old um, or was about a year old. And, and I just, I, I didn't know what else to do or you know, four or five years before that, I reached out and, uh, they, they were looking for hosts and I got hired on immediately and started hosting trivia. And so for, at the time it was just a means to kind of give me some creative outlet, I think, but also just some extra money, you know, it was, you know, decent pay for two hours of work. And I got my college professor job back. There was another campus in the family of uh, schools that I was teaching at an, an hour away from me that was hiring for my position. And I got on there and I kept the trivia. So I was teaching during the day in Jacksonville. And then I was actually driving all the way down to Daytona. So I live an hour away and that's another 40 minutes South to where I was going. So I was driving sometimes an hour and 40 minutes back from Jacksonville down so I could host trivia once or twice a week. 
before winding up getting some trivia shows here in the town that I live in and then kind of building that following. And from there that led to other entertainment pursuits. Now, are you, are you a Georgia guy or Florida guy? I'm a Florida guy. Okay. I live uh, about 30 miles North of Daytona beach, Florida. Okay. So, uh, so what's the drive like for you to um, get to Savannah? I mean, uh, straight up 95, but uh, it's, yeah, straight up 95, easy ride, uh, 200 miles each way, or about 208 miles, 210 miles each way. Wow. Okay. Those, um, but, I mean, you know how it is. I mean, the highways and byways of wrestling, I, I used to do that kind of drive for a hot dog and a handshake in front of 10 people. So, so you know, to do it in front of 4,000 uh, and uh, with a platform like this, you know, it makes that ride a little bit easier. So, I, I didn't get started with any type of announcing until after I was married with my first kid. So, um, like when it, when it came to (laughs) trying to travel and do it, I just, I just said no from the get go (laughs) from the start. Um, so I, the only company I ever announced for is Palmetto championship wrestling. So, but I I enjoy it, but that, that's literally the only company. You guys run a good program. I mean, I've, I've never been to a show, but, but I know Ethan, uh, I've, I've met a lot of the guys that are at school there that, that come out and everybody is super professional, really fun to work with some amazingly talented guys. So, you know, if you're only going to stick to one place, I figure, uh, I think you're, you're at a pretty decent spot if that's, uh, well, if that's where you land. Well, I, you know, I mentioned this to you earlier. I'm, I, I'm part owner now. So, right. Um, it's one of those things that we, uh, me and two, me, the original founder, Shane, and another another buddy of our, of ours, we uh, uh, bought the company back in February because um, uh, Henry decided he wanted to sell, so we bought it from him, and here we are. Moved it to Camden, South Carolina, and uh, here we are. Uh, about to run our fourth show, fourth, yeah, third, fourth. I don't know. I've lost track. Third or fourth show. You still love it? Oh man, I do. I, I love this side of it. Um, I love ring announcing. Um, but I, I love being able to get into my creative box any time I can. I'll tell you, I did something this past week that I hadn't done in about 11 years. Um, and that was perform live outside of church. And that was great. How so? I mean, I just, I just haven't played music outside of church in 11 years. Okay. And um, yeah, so well, that's cool, man. So did you did you take a gig or did you get put on somewhere with uh, with some local guys or? <laughs> well, so my my brother in law is an upcoming country music artist. He's uh, and he asked me if I would uh play with him and sing sing backup. Um, and I'd made a decision a couple weeks ago to start going back, getting back into playing live gigs here and there. Um, actually have one coming up July twenty seventh, and uh. You know, it's uh, he asked me to play, and I was honored. Played with him, and uh, man, it's so much fun. I sang a total of, including his set list, this past weekend, about sixty songs. In uh, in a two day span. How'd you feel on uh, the next morning? Need some tea, right? A little uh, <laughs> man. It's funny because people's like, man, I bet your voice is shot. I was like, honestly, my voice feels great. You know, that's good, man. I. I've been singing for 20 years. So it's one of those things that I just, it's like a piece of leather, I guess. My, my throat's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I, people ask me the same thing of how I'm going and, and I get, my, my voice gets beat up. Um, 
pretty bad sometimes actually, but yeah. I'm able to kind of either fake it or, or continue on at a, a, you know, what sounds like a pretty reasonable level. And, and people ask me like, well, I mean, I, I work so much and I think that's just why uh, I, like I talk for a living and I talk for a living, you know, it, my day job and my night job is me talking and yelling. And so when you, it's just like any muscle where you, you work it stronger. So, you know, working it, uh, you, you know, you develop that, uh, the endurance necessary to keep going. Uh, we got someone chiming in. Uh, Billy, Billy Fox says Elliot is a detrimental piece to PCW. Elliot Popston. Hey man, I appreciate that, Billy. Um, but, uh, so detrimental. That's, uh, that's, (laughs) that's an, that's an insult. That's, you know, what are we thanking him for? What are you doing, man? This this is a family show. We're having fun here. Billy's my boy. (laughs) He's a detrimental piece. (laughs) Yes, I am. In more ways than one. Um, so one, one thing that people may not know about you that I know about you, um, uh, because you actually helped me out with this, um, is that you are a, a certain someone's little helper come the holiday season. The, the big man and I go way back yeah, uh, and, and he can't do it all. He's busy in December. You know, Santa has, has a lot going on. And so sometimes he needs others to kind of help uh, shoulder the burden of, of keeping everybody and, and getting everybody excited for, uh, for December 25th. What, so what made, what made you, what made you uh, say, you know what? I want to be the big guy's little helper. I can help him <laughs> out. So uh, Actually, it goes back to my my college experience. While I was uh, while I was working at Rowan University in Glassboro, New Jersey, that is a pro. They do Santa callings, and it's a program they have run on campus for like uh, community members that would use the rec center, and for if anybody they wanted to, they did, and they would bring in multiple rec staff members, and parents would uh, would, would fill out this information. And they would turn it in and, and we would, as, as Santa Claus, call them and get them just hyped for, for Christmas. And I was a junior in college the first time I did it. And it was, I, I had an insane, I had way more fun than I had any business having doing it. Uh, I remember it was the first year I did it. And my favorite, and it's still my favorite, of all the calls I've made, and I've made hundreds and hundreds of them ever since. Um, was a kid who asked for a BB gun and you know, I had to do it. You know, I had to say it to him. I told him he was going to shoot his eye out and man, like that was, and I, Oh, it was so hard to keep it oh, together. Man. Got people who are in the office and they're laughing and I'm like trying to like shut everybody up so we could keep it down. But come on, Ralphie. But I, I was hooked then. I, I, yeah, I did it those two years. Uh, I brought it with me to graduate school. I did it with some people there. And then when I moved down here to Florida, I don't know if I took any years off or not. I, I think I just kept doing it and just kept going. And I, I did it while I was teaching college and then I did it on my own. And then I, you know, in the last few years, I decided that, you know, I, I should make it a paid service that I do because it's, you know, I, I don't think anybody minds. And, and, and I'd gotten pretty good at it, especially cause I, I actually had had my own kids sign up through the one at my old school and whatever kid they had doing, he was terrible. I was like, Oh, it's insulting. Who's going to believe this? This is awful. Like, <laughs> Just, you know, you gotta, you gotta make the, you gotta bring the magic out. And, uh, so I feel like I do a good job of it and, and I have some fun and, and it's, I get into it every year and I do it right in here in this, in this closet it's where I can get away quietly in the house and kind of privately make things happen. And, uh, yeah, so I've been, I've called hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids for, 
gosh, about 15 years now. This will be 15 years, which is just ridiculous. Someday I'm going to retire. I'm going to look like that someday. That's just going to be how I look. I will look like the man and, and like I don't ever plan on retiring because, uh, again, I told you I need stuff to do. So I, uh, I, I will probably just be Santa Claus somewhere at, I, at all times, and, and I am more than okay with that. I tell, I tell you, um, I n- <laughs> not in a million years would uh, someone have told me that I was going to be a professional Santa. Um, and why not? You know, it's, it's cool. Well, it's funny you say, so for three, four years, people kept saying, you should be Santa Claus. You have like, you have the twinkle in your eye. I'm like, listen, that's just a spec. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, but they kept, they kept telling, Hey, yeah, you need to, you know, Matt, you can't sing it, but I'm a, I've lost about 50 pounds, but I'm still Good about for you, brother. That's awesome. Oh man, I appreciate it. But I'm still six three, two hundred eighty five pounds. So, so like when people see me, I'm a big dude, and like I don't know. I love laughing. I can be serious, obviously. Who can't? But man, I love laughing, and you know, I just after getting poked and stuff, uh, you know, hey, you should, man, you make a great Santa. You make a great Santa. Last, not this past year. But the year before, I finally just pulled the plug. I got a cheap suit from Amazon. And, <laughs> dude, I did it. And I... You got a good beard. You had a really good beard that, that looked really sweet. Oh, the one I... Oh, yeah. So, you it. saw it that. Good. Yeah. So, so this past year... I was following your stuff. It was good. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. So, yeah, this past year, I decided I'm investing. I'll keep my suit. But I, I got me a nice beard. Um, I went I went to this thing, and it said... And it said the Santa Claus Tim Allen beard. I said that's the one I want. So that's uh, definitely the one. And, and so that's 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 who I tried to get. And uh, man, I appreciate you uh, sharing me sharing your knowledge with me. And like, yeah, yeah, man, here. <laughs> I was like, oh yes, yeah. Why not? Um, you know, I'll be. I don't know if you get like this, but like I get not nervous, but I get a little trepidatious like i'm a little like all right i gotta i gotta like psych myself up yeah. and like i really kind of like study it a few minutes before i go i'm like all right they got this and all right the elf is jingle and uh, uh mrs you know smith's class all right and what does he want and like oh man his parents are mad at him I mean, what did he do oh i gotta i gotta give him the business about all this like all right like and like you you want to deliver like so um like I get, I get psyched up, but uh, that's almost probably why I, I kind of will live stream a lot of it when I do it because that forces me to just look and go. Yeah. Because I don't want dead air. I, if people are watching and entertained by it, well, then I can't just sit and fart around and second guess myself. I just got to go. I just got to do it because uh, then it becomes more live entertainment than it does, you know, just the the prep for the call. Um, but is that something you experience? Like, do you get worked up? Like, yeah, yeah, how did so, you like it doing it this man, way? Man. So I'm, I'm telling you, so I did FaceTimes. I didn't do phone calls. Right. And so, <laughs> but I would get dressed like 30 to 45 minutes before my first call. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there just sweating and just waiting. <laughs> and like, I'm like, all right, I'm sitting there. I'm looking at, Look at my, my stack of papers and look at it and say, okay, okay, that's okay, six, six fifteen, six thirty. Oh, I got a break. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> and um, you know, and it's uh but yeah, the same thing, like 
reading, <laughs> reading, triple checking the phone number that I'm calling to make sure I'm all say, uh, right. is Timmy there? Sorry, wrong number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who what who are you what are you doing <coughs> yeah i literally i literally uh, oh, 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 is johnny there you know and like whatever the parent like you yeah. know sometimes it's the parent sometimes it's the kid sometimes it's the other parent who has no idea what the hell is going on and who is this what you know it's a journey that's it's an adventure that's for sure well and, and the other thing you know that I, for me it was like man what is my santa voice you know what i mean like sure what what kind of santa there's no real santa voice right right but uh, it was like what is mine and then i'm like hello (laughs) and i'm like man i'm pretty sure my santa has like emphysema or something i I don't know (laughs) (laughs) oh he's old you know santa's an old man you know he might have it he's been you know making a lot of towns over all these years you know like it's cold air he's breathing in well and so here's what here's something that happened to me the other day (laughs) i almost messed up so I, I, walk, I go to our local coffee shop, and I see some a family that I that I know, but I don't know their kids that well. And I went to ask the kid something, but then I I, I went to ask, but but I, I it had to be God to say, dude, you better stop. <laughs> and I said. And I stopped Was myself. He one of the kids that did it, and like, yeah, yeah. So, so I, uh, I, I did some professional Santa gigs. Um, at a, that coffee shop also is connected to a local toy store. So I was Santa, and took pictures with, with kids and families and all that. And uh, you know, the the woman told told me uh, some stuff about her daughter. I was like, hey, you know, she's blah 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 blah. And so, right. so I said that to the daughter um, back in back in December, and the daughter was like, "Because the daughter's getting to the age where she really doesn't believe that Santa's real and all that right. stuff." Right, she's on the fence. Yeah. So I so I uh, I said that, and she's like, "Holy crap!" She's like, "How do you know that?" I'm like, "What do you mean? How do I know that? Look at me. <laughs> of course I know. Yeah, I gotta know that." Um. And uh, so <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I see them go to say something, then I, but I stopped myself, and I, I and I just looked at uh, looked at my friend. I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna say that." She, <laughs> the friend got it. She's like, <laughs> "You blow yeah, your don't. cover, yeah." <laughs> yeah I said I was gonna ask something. But I completely forgot what I was gonna ask. So don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. But um, <laughs> so man, so. You've you've done uh, trivia. You're Santa's helper or Santa. We don't we don't know. Um, Depends who you ask. Yeah, you know we uh, obviously success with the Savannah Bananas. Tell us about NASCAR. Like, oh man, uh, that was wild because uh, you know I'm I am not a NASCAR guy by trade. You know, I, I grew up in New Jersey. I, I don't know what the following is, is like in New Jersey for NASCAR. I, I certainly, the only person I knew who followed NASCAR was my mother's cousin, Scott. Scott loved NASCAR. That's literally the only dude I knew who watched it 
anything. So that was certainly not a part of my experience growing up up north. Uh, I moved right here at first. When I first moved to Florida, I moved right outside. I literally lived a block and a half away from the Daytona International Speedway, from, you know, the World Center of Racing. I lived in the shadow of it. So it's been there. Uh, I'd been to one race prior to with with my family years ago like a, a week and a half before my daughter was born my, my wife was super pregnant and we were there in a nascar race uh that was the extent of my experience but as um as just everything has has kind of progressed in my entertainment career my announcing career i just started kind of having higher aspirations higher goals and it's funny because i i don't think that this necessarily has anything to do with it um, but but I think it's a God thing or, or a, some people might call it a manifestation thing. I don't necessarily think they're different, but um, I the school I work at now a few years ago, they actually got like, you know, there was an article in Time magazine because a few years ago they did their graduation in 2020 at the Daytona International Speedway because you, it was COVID, you couldn't do anything. So they literally did a drive-through graduation. Oh, nice! On that track, which was it was it was freaking cool. It was really really awesome. And and I didn't work there at the time, and I, and I but my wife did, and I went with her, and we're in the minivan. We actually got to drive a little bit on the track for a second, which was kind of cool. And um, I remember thinking like the the woman who was the 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 person who did it. I was like, ah, oh, I should be doing this because at that point I had already done, I had announced multiple graduations, uh, for, for college, the college I worked at. And I was like, this should be me. Like, I don't know why they have this lady doing it. You know, no insult to her, but like, I was like, come on, like we could have somebody, somebody do it. I was like, someday yeah. that would be so cool. And then, um, last year, like around, right around this time or a few weeks ago, I, found the old photo. It like popped up in my memory and I shared it out and I just, and I put out there, I said, no, said, uh, here's a picture of me. You know, I was a little thicker, uh, back in, in the COVID era. And I was like, but you know something I said, someday my voice will come out of those speakers and I will, I will do something there that will happen someday. And that's what I wrote. That's what I posted. That's all I did. And we're coming up on July 4th right now. And I didn't know it. And that's the thing about when you perform is you never know who is watching, who is listening, yeah. who's in the room, who can tell somebody. Um, and it was this week, you know, last year, we had the 4th of July game for the Daytona Tortugas. And of course, we went all out, uh, you know, multiple patriotic outfit changes. And, and I, at the time, I was reading the scripts for what we would do the whole game. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, what happens in between the lines, that's up to the players and the coaches. You know, that's, I, I don't control that the game day experience for people. It's like the biggest game in the year for most minor league teams. That's, that's when things sell out. People come out for the fireworks. It's very Americana. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And NASCAR had a table there. And it, like, we have a lot of people that have tables and vendors, you know, I saw me and someone. That's it. And they, uh, then they got when they also work Anna's. And they reached out to Ortugas and were like, hey, um, you know, we're looking different this year. We wanted to have an onstage announcer. Like, is your guy, the young professor, interested? And, and uh, my friend Christina, I was at a water park with my family that day when, when this message came into her. I was at the water park, like a locker, and then I came out and grabbed it. And she called me. And I was like, Hey, what's up? She was like, did you check your email? I was like, no. She was like, check your email. I was like, like NASCAR wants to talk to you about the 400. If you'd be interested, are you interested? I went, 
right away. Let's go. Like, let's talk. So they did and, and I reached out and they wanted to talk to me about it. And we, we discussed what it is, what it would look like. Uh, we negotiated a deal and they were super interested. And lo and behold, they offered me this opportunity to introduce all of the driveries race for the Coke Zero Sugar 400, uh, which is massive because that's it's it's the most famous venue in yeah. all of NASCAR. Uh, it's not the 500. It's, you know, at least that they do there every year. And it's the top. So this, it's, you know, it's Martin Truex Jr. It's Bubba Wallace. It's Chase Elliott. It's, it's all these guys, the top names. Uh, you know, Kyle Busch. Yeah, you're going to do those guys. And, and you're going to do it here, at, you know, the most famous, the World Center of Racing. And so it, it came together. And it was, I mean, it was the opportunity of a lifetime. And even though I was not a NASCAR, I, I, I'm, I know a big opportunity when I see it. And, uh, and that was it. That was as big as it gets. Yeah. That's, <clears throat> that's kind of one of the reasons why I decided I want to get back into doing live music. Um, just, uh, you never know. Oh yeah. You never know. And I was one of those things you mentioned the Daytona, um, seeing the woman, uh, doing the announcements for the for Daytona for the graduation and saying, man, I'm better than that. And uh, I, I kind of took the same, um, not to be arrogant, but uh, listening to some of these guys playing in bars and just, just being like, I know I'm better than they are type of thing. Man, if they're getting paid, I can be, I can get paid doing this. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, man, good on you, dude. Just, uh, take, you know, throwing it out there and, you know, just allowing everything to happen. And uh, when the opportunity got presented, get, good on you for uh, taking it up. So kudos to you, man. It came true within within three months. Yeah, it was real. And there, I had no connection there. I didn't know it. Like I do, guys that sold tickets at NASCAR. That's that's the depth of my you know association with anyone at that time. Um, and, and they didn't even see that post that I put up. You know, it's not like I go, oh, well, let's let's make this guy's dream come true. It, it just, <laughs> it was none of that. It just, it, uh, it, it just came together. God, God wink. And um, it is, it is a God wink. I, and I believe, and I've had that a lot in my life. And, and I, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer. And again, it's like you said, when you watch people and you're like, I could do that better. And I don't think that's necessarily, I don't think it necessarily is ego. Maybe it is a little bit, uh, but I think God blesses us with talents, with yeah. our gifts. And I think it is our responsibility to use them to, for, for his glory and, and to maximize the outcome and the impact that we have in our lives. I, I think it's, you know, there's a growing up in New Jersey. One of my favorite movies that I ever saw is a film called the Bronx Taylor. Are you familiar with it? I'm not, but I'm listening. It's, it's a mafia movie, <laughs> a rock, um, directorial debut, but uh, it's about this kid coming up in the Bronx and his dad's just kind of a hardworking bus driver. And, and he really, but he really admires this gangster um, who kind of runs the mob in, the, in their neighborhood in the Bronx. And, you know, the guy is kind of a bad guy, but he's kind of a good guy. He doesn't want the kid to kind of get mixed up with it, but he does. One of the things he tells him, he says, you know, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And that's a quote that I love because I think, that it's so true. And it's something that, you know, that breaks my heart all the time as a teacher. Cause I just watch these kids that are just yeah. as lazy as all get out and they don't want to do anything. There's no motivation. There's no drive. And some of these kids are smart and I know they are. Cause you'll, you'll see those, see them shine. And then they just retreat back into like this, this hole, this, this, 
this ball of nothingness that they, they just want to be because that's just how everybody is anymore. And I'm like, man, like there's so much more to life out there. Like life is good and God is so good to us. Why would you not take advantage of it? And so, you know, for me, I just try to use the gifts that I have been given to do as much good as I can and, and, and get as much from it as, as I'm supposed to. Cause I think that's my responsibility. Like what else am I here that, that the good Lord has provided me and that's how I feel. You know, I, a lot of people hear it, hear, hear it said, uh, to whom much is given, much is required. Um, I like the way that's trans, uh, transliterated into the message version um, where Luke says the same thing, but he says greater gifts or great gifts mean great responsibility, greater gifts, greater responsibility. So I've just, uh, that, that's one that, that verse is one that's always stuck with me. Um, because like you said, we have these gifts. If you've got this gift. Why aren't you using it? Or, you know, be, be willing to take risk. Uh, who was it that said that, uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Is that Michael Jordan? Is that Michael Jordan? I think it which is, Michael which Jordan is or Wayne Gretzky. Very true. I mean, you don't you don't make it those. But um, one of those two said said that, and that's that's another quote that's always stuck with me. Well, man, uh, wrapping up with you, uh, a couple of things I want to want to ask you real quick. If if you could leave uh, a father with with something, um, uh, a nugget of knowledge to help them with, uh, being a dad, what would you tell them? Oh man, that's heavy. Um, love your wife, uh, love your children. Like, you know, therefore that you're not gonna get it all right. And, and you're going to screw up and you're sometimes you're going to lose your temper. Um, it's okay. It's normal. It, it happens. If anybody says it doesn't happen, they are, uh, they're lying to your face. They gotta be like that. That cannot be true. I know everybody paints this picture of how family is supposed to be and how yeah. it's supposed to feel, but like, we're all living in these houses. I, it, it's not always easy. Um, but it is always good. If you look at the big picture of it all, you know, that's, that's what I try to do. Uh, again, some, some days are better than others, but, um, you know, especially as someone, you know, when I, when I first started out as a father, I was, you know, my, my son's mom, she split with me while she was pregnant and, and made it very difficult for me early on to have any action with my son whatsoever. You know, I had to fight, but fight, you know, in, in court and through legal battles and, and build my own reputation so that I would be even given a fair shake, a fair shot in the eyes of law. Like, why should we let this guy, you know, this baby daddy out here, what's he doing that he deserves this, which no one should need to deserve it. Like if you're your child's parent, why, why should you not be given equal and fair share? Um, I think things are better now, but at the time I didn't feel like that was how it was. So I was working and scratching and clawing. And so I think for me, I, I don't always appreciate as much as I should, but I, I feel like maybe I appreciate my, my kids and my wife a little more than the average bear because, man, like when somebody tries to keep it from you, yeah. tries to take it from you and tries to limit it and control it so that you can't do it the way that you want to do it and you want to, um, there is no worse feeling in, in the entire world than that. Like that was, that was the lowest period of my entire life was, was that. And so, you know, now 
I just try to, you know, now I'm gone a lot on my own. I don't get to see my kids. I like, but I know when I do, it's on my terms and, and I love my kids. I try to set a good example and just do right by them. And so I'd say as a father, I think it is your responsibility to, to set a good example and, and to do that. You may not get everything right, but if you, if you do more good than you do bad and you really keep in mind what your responsibility is in terms of the impression you need to make and the example that you got to set, I think most of the time you're going to wind up okay. I'm going to ask you a, a similar question to the to the guy who's a hus who's a husband who you know who may have kids may not have kids. What do you what do you say to the husband? Try to be there for your wife. Uh, try to be understanding. You know, it's uh, it's not always easy. You know, you've got. Uh, two different personalities, your, yours and hers. And um, Lord knows my wife and I have really different personalities. Certain things we both enjoy, but, you know, the way she deals with, with issues and the way I deal with them are not the same. And it took us a, a really long time, I think, to kind of understand and respect each other's um, approach to things. But I think you just got to keep up, you know, to use a baseball analogy. I know, Ellie, you're not a big baseball oh, guy. but that's fine. You know, every day, every day is another at bat. You know, right. you get another chance every day. And, uh, you know, sometimes you strike out, sometimes you hit a home run and you just got to keep getting up, keep getting in the batter box and don't give up. Don't quit. You know, just cause you have a bad day doesn't mean you need to phone it in. Just, just keep it going. And again, like try to do as much as you can, you know, keep, keep her in mind and, uh, and do what you can when you can, because that's, uh, I, I think that's, the key to it. That's, that's the key. I, th I think to what, what success I've had, uh, you'd have to ask her, I suppose she'd have a better insight on that side of it, but, um, we're still in it and, and we still love each other. We still enjoy each other's company. And, and I think that what well, <clears throat> last question, um, to the, to the young man or older guy who's finally, um, who's chasing his dream. Um, what what's what would you say is a, a key to success? Keep working. Uh, work work harder than everybody. Uh, out out work everyone. I know that's common. People say that all the time. But like you can Christian tell Cage. those that do, <laughs> and and those that don't. I mean, uh, but like I, I I think the people that really do make it, they they did out. Yeah you're you work with independent wrestling. Everybody wants the top spot, but who's doing top spot stuff? Correct. Who's doing that? I, I mean, and this is not to uh, using wrestling term to put myself over, but it's hard to be an announcer in wrestling. It is remarkably, it's harder to be an announcer than it is to be a wrestler. And the reason I say that is not, is not because of the skill level. It certainly doesn't beat your body up as much. So uh, that there's that, but you know, when you go to any wrestling show, you know, how, how many guys do you book for a PCW show? How many guys are on that roster on that card? 20, 20, 25. Probably. How many, how many announcers you got? Yeah. So, you know, and, and how many, you know, you're in, you're in One. South Carolina. Yep. Um, you know, how, how many, how many announcers, how many good announcers do you know in North, South and, and Georgia, North, North and South Carolina and Georgia? How many good announcers are out there? Uh, there's a hand, handful. I'd say five handful? that I, five Four, that five, I know maybe of. Six. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they do, and how many promotions are there? And they're probably working all of them, right? Like, 
it's the same four, five, six, you know, guys, gals that are, that are doing it. Um, what makes you special? What makes it hard? Like, you know, that was reality where I walked in. I mean, I've, I've literally only been at this five years and I've made tremendous strides, you know, in in that five years, much more than, than a lot of people have. And I don't think it's just my talent or or anything like that. It's, I worked, I work 150 to 200 shows a year, every year for years now. And that's sacrificing time with my wife and sacrificing time with my children and pulling time away from my job. I'm making a go of this for an action. And I believe that that is where I'm going to, in fact, I'm not, I don't just believe it. That will happen for me. I'm going to make that happen, but it's because of this attitude. It's because of this kind of approach. So for a man, for someone that, that, that is chasing a dream, like, if you want to get after it, you got to get after it, you know, or MMA, the same for people that want a certain job. What are you doing? Are your actions in alignment with your, you can't lie about that. You say they are, you could lie, you could tell people, but you know, in your heart, if you are, or you're not. And to me, you've been, and if you do that, I do be successful. But if you are, are only dipping a toe in the water and, but you know, you can talk a big game on social media, people will, if you want to about it, you know, then be about it. And that's, that's really all that you. It's good. Well, man, uh, I appreciate you hanging out tonight. I know you, you said, uh, you had about Dude, an this hour. Was cool. You said you had about an hour. Um, and before we wrap it up, I want to leave you with, with some things real quick. Um, one as a father, um, and I think you, I think, uh, talking to you, I think you agree. Um, never be afraid to apologize to your kids. That's something that I didn't hear growing up. That's something I've learned there with my, with my own children. Um, and, and you can apply the same thing (laughs) to being a husband Never be, never, never be afraid to apologize to your wife either. Um, also, uh, another thing that I, that I kind of thought of while we were talking was, uh, well, I guess, I guess I didn't think of it. I had it, but it went, but it left me. Um, oh, that's it. Uh, you know, as a man, if you're struggling, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Um, that's just, that's something that's always, uh, it's always stuck with me. Uh, whether it's in your relationship with your, with your wife, with your kids, Hey, it's okay to, it's okay to struggle, man, get through the struggle, you know, and, uh, your kids, your kids and your wife need kids and wives need us more than we realize. And, um, a hundred percent. And then no, not enough people are talking about that. This was for his fathers and husbands go, you know, that's just not a group that gets the the kind of acknowledgement yep. in that respect that, that I feel like they should. Cause, cause we do need. Yep. And uh, the last thing I would say is as a man, surround yourself with other like-minded men. That's going to build you up, raise you up. And that whenever you're dragging the ground, they're lifting you up and tot- and helping carry you the way. Um, you know, that's it, it's time that we get back to that brotherhood approach 
I feel like in society to where we, uh, we're brothers, not only, um, you know, just being there for each other, but Hey, we help, we help each other walk through our marriages and our, our fatherhood together. So man, uh, before I let you go, this podcast is brought to you by day. Soul coffee lab out of Birmingham, Alabama. Guys, I don't know if y'all know this, but I consider myself a coffee connoisseur. I absolutely love coffee. And I found what I believe to be the absolute best coffee out there. With Deso Coffee Lab, you can get coffee that's always super smooth and fresh roasted. So head over to the website at www.desocoffeelab.co. Use promo code LOWDOWN and get 10% off your order. They even have a subscription option where they'll deliver coffee directly to you every month. So if you're like me and you forget, just do an auto renewal. They'll send it directly to you. Because guys, if you're going to drink coffee, you might as well make it great coffee. Well, guys, I was in Birmingham, Alabama this weekend. Man, you should have told me about this coffee then, man. I'm running on fumes out there some nights. I gotta, I gotta get me some good stuff to keep this party going. Well, ne- next time you head out to Hel- Helena or Birmingham, Birmingham, I think, I think they're in downtown Helena now, uh, which isn't far from Birmingham. Okay. Go by Day Soul. Tell Bert Elliot sent you. He'll hook you up. Mention the lowdown, ten percent off. There <laughs> I'll do you go. That next time, um, guys. It has been a fun one tonight. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. If you wasn't able to catch the live stream, be sure to catch it on your favorite podcast player, which you're probably already doing already. Uh, my name is Elliot. Hanging out with me tonight is the young professor, chief potassium enthusiast, Matt Grafer. Matt, we appreciate you, man. Have a, have a great weekend. Guys, you can follow him all over social media and everything. Matt, throw your plugs out there, brother. Everything is at Young Professor G. Elliot, I can't thank you enough, brother. Uh, as I like to say at the close of my shows, uh, class dismissed, everybody. Thank you. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in. This has been the Lowdown Popcast. And as always, let's keep it popping.